Hello, everyone, <laughs> or the, the few people that um, return and come to listen to me. Um, today is a not-so-beautiful Wednesday, but it has been gorgeous up until today, so maybe it is a, a turn. Maybe it's just a colder day, but here we are, near the end of September already, and... I've been getting so many emails from work from, um, you know, just in general reminding us that it's been six months, six months of, of quarantine or of not so much quarantine, I guess, but living this new quote unquote normal, which I've always felt like an, it was a very interesting way to describe it. It brings up a lot. I guess it explains a lot of why we're all kind of feeling this slump. Apparently there is such a thing in psychology and in, in general behavior of when projects hit that six month marker and how it feels like hitting a wall. And that it definitely explains why maybe a lot of us right now are really feeling that. And a lot of it stems from the, you know, yeah, six months is a long time. I'm trying to adapt, but it's also the fact that we don't see what's what's happening after. We don't see the sort of end or light in the tunnel, however you want to see. We don't see how this will go back. But I think it's really interesting to take a look at the last six months and how much we have accomplished in in, in terms of having to adapt to a completely different maybe not completely different for some people, but quite a bit different outlook, lifestyle. You know, we do groceries differently now. We interact differently now. We have different accessories now. And during all of this, there has been so much global unrest. There have been some serious big issues come up for um, in terms of how we're living as 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 people, as a country, as civilization, all of these very impactful and very big conversations have been happening, and all at the same time, I think we're all tired, and I think uh, in general, it's just absolutely draining. And now we're coming into at least here in in Canada and. North America, this side of the world, we are entering our winter slowly, hopefully, but it is, you know, shorter days and colder weather. And yes, this is the time we would normally be home, but it is also the time when we have less vitamin D, we have less opportunity to get out and exercising, moving around. This is hibernation season. You know, this was our isolation, our potentially isolation season. Um, I was just talking to my sister the other day about how with masks and everything, you know, normally you get into wintertime and, and men start definitely, maybe not start, but they grow out their beards. They, they you know, get, get their nice like uh, bear look on just to you know, warm up their face. But now with having to wear masks, maybe cowls, like maybe we'll be a little bit different with winter accessories. But, 
you know, maybe they don't need the beards. Maybe they've realized that during this time, especially with the masks, you've, uh, it's been really inconvenient. Um, I'd love to, love to hear about the beards and how, how your life has changed. Um, on the other hand, you know, maybe we have, who knows, let ourselves go a little. I noticed something. So my birthday was last weekend and I, I had this moment where I felt like I should be pampering myself. I was like, okay, so I should book my hairdresser, should go get my nails done. And you know, it was crazy. I just didn't see the point and not in the sort of like, I've given up on, on this, but forms of self, uh, of self care for me have actually changed so much. They have, uh, as much as I do them for myself, they just don't seem as important and, and they seem quite expensive now that I think about it. You know, the money I used to spend on on spend on getting my hair done and, and is is a lot because I it is something that I love doing. I love trying new hair colors. I love uh, putting, you know, I, I, I use my hair as an accessory and a form of expression and therefore it becomes something that is worth putting that money into. And I feel the same with tattoos. I feel the same with you know, these are different forms of expression for me. But however, they just didn't feel like the most important thing. Um, I started to wonder, you know, did I need a new dress? And I didn't because I had bought a new dress during this time that I hadn't worn yet. So, you know, it's all over social media. Check it out. It is divine. And um, yeah, that I remember about three months ago, I was like, oh, I really... You know, I've wanted this dress for so long. I don't have anywhere to wear it, but I'll find somewhere. It was a little dress of hope. And that was pretty much all I needed um, for my birthday. And I didn't do much, but I did get to see some of my favorite people. And I got to see some of those favorite people I haven't seen in years. And that was just such an interesting way to spend my birthday. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have asked for it any different except that I would have loved other people to have experienced the day with me as well. Um, with that said, you know, we're such resilient creatures and, and just to see, I've heard and I've spoken with a lot of people about the toll that it's taking and I just really want to remind everyone that none of this is easy and we're, we're so, we're, we're at home we're so dependent on information from outside. I mean, I've really been experiencing it, certainly with social media and with that being, you know, I've considered completely disconnecting. And then I realized that that is a form of isolation that without being able to see my friends as often and do all this, that's a form of isolation that I really can't afford right now. But it does come with the weight of, you know, I do try to get immersed in different opinions and different sides. And with with all that's going on, there's there are just so many social and cultural issues that are being discussed that I, I feel being pulled in every direction, which is good in, in the sense of, of experiencing that kind of enlightening and, and staying informed. But at the same time, there's so much draining that is happening and you're allowing the room to to take in to take in the information to really learn from those 
who know what they're talking about and who who have experienced it and they experience something completely different than you and I mean the bottom line for me is is if you can find empathy in your heart and and kindness it really should be across the board for things that I guess would be one of my main uh, takeaways is that as tiring as it might be I mean tiring sounds negative as in it's tiring therefore you should stop it but it's it's just it just is a fact that it is work you put into and and it takes from you as well simultaneously but it you just gotta keep muddling through and just keep going because these are important conversations and I don't need to delve into them I know a lot of people are doing their own personal research I share as much as I can but again, I'm sharing from a, a biased perspective because I'm sharing from a perspective of what I believe is what's right, which is that everyone should be treated like they deserve to be listened to and seen. That's one of the most crucial things, I think, is that they should be seen, and especially as a whole, and especially from the moment that, you know, if you have it in your heart to, to stereotype people, then why not do I mean I don't think they're always great I don't think there's a good way but it is possible to think either neutral or nothing until you meet a person and get to judge them for who they are um I think at the end of the day so much of that stems from which voice are you listening to and it's it's a fascinating thing to read about your authentic voice and and what you've culturally acquired and you you do find yourself maybe making a statement or comment or having this these intrusive thoughts that stem from not even you not not what you think and it can be from your parents it can be from from the people you surround yourself with it can be from just a cultural uh, movement i mean i there's so many things that I can hear that voice but it also has pushed me to surround myself with different voices just so that at best I get different perspectives and at the very least I get a more targeted perspective which is of someone that's actually gone through because gone through these transitions these um cultural backlashes these discrimination people that have a story and I think if we it sounds so naive to say that if we were just a little kinder to everyone that it would be better but it kind of is that if we if we chose to go in to everything we did with a neutrality with a I don't know, then I'm not saying wipe your mind from understanding and from being able to find a connection because we do connect with things that we relate to. But in lieu of being able to relate to it and allow yourself to have an elasticity that says that, okay, I thought this was exactly what I've been through. But the reality is this person is not me and they go through different things. And I'm not, you know, a champion of this. 
But I do know that a lot of people are in pain. And I do know that hurt people hurt people. And that we tend to gravitate towards our people and our what feels best and our vibes and our, you know, what makes us feel comfortable. And we definitely gravitate towards that and as someone who's lived in in different countries who is lucky enough to have met so many people from different places and and hear so many different perspectives I almost went the other way which was everything was open and and it's not that that wasn't the right way it's that I forgot that other people didn't think that way and therefore there was a naivete coming into some of these conversations that's like Wait, why are people being mean? And why are people being horrible? And why do people feel like they have the right to share? That there's an entitlement in an opinion. And I strongly don't agree with a right to... When it comes to sharing, when it comes to verbalizing, and especially when it comes to writing it down and sharing it with others, I don't actually agree that you have um, the right to your opinion. I think if you have an informed opinion, you can share facts. Um, But I don't think you have the right to impose your thoughts without potentially having gone through the process of, is this helpful? Is this supportive? Do I have um, the right in, to potentially bring down someone because of this? And I just feel like there's a callousness that comes from, from I have a right to say what I want to say and you should hear it. And I just don't, I don't really agree with that. And that I can't really make a blanket statement over that because I, I can think of circumstances where it would be very beneficial to have a, you know, again, as a, from a biased perspective, if I can see someone sharing something that I agree with and saying, okay, I'm glad that person was brave enough to share. And then I'll see someone who shares something different than the way I agree with. And if it's from a factual perspective without judgment, then I'm like, thank you so much for sharing. But if you're sharing an opinion and your goal is to ostracize, reprimand, or just downright be mean, I don't think you have the right to that. And though the and when I say that, I mean, yes, we have freedom of speech, but did you not take a moment to say, is this all of those questions? And did we not all learn that? And I understand that in the moment, This is why I differentiate it from speaking and conversations to writing it down. Personally, especially as someone in writing, especially which which a lot of my writing has stemmed from the fact that I needed writing to understand how I was feeling. It takes time. You sit down, you write, you put the words out there, you formulate opinion through writing. And if you don't take that time to do that, it's sort of like, okay, it reminds me of this is, this is, bear with me, but way back when in, in the US, when the right to bear arms was decided that, yes, we have the right to bear arms, it was at a time when it actually took time to load and, um, you know, there was powder, there was, I don't, 
I don't know all the logistics of it, but there was there was a longer process of it, it wasn't with automatics. The right to buy arms, bear arms, was not semi or automatic quick loads. There's that no, that is a quick. That is a great metaphor for a quick, quick unload and a quick judgment and a, 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 a dispersing that hits other things accidentally in the way. It is pulverization of what your intended goal was. And so for me, that's a perfect example of where the right to bear arms now needs a reevaluating because it is so quick. So I would argue that reevaluating freedom of speech needs to come with the times of what we say to each other on something that is as quick as leaving a comment. So again, separating from a dialogue that we are having, that emotions could potentially be high, that something is, is leaking out. That That's a different discussion because that stems on trying to find something within you that will allow you to not um, just dump negative things. I mean, I, I have this with with what happens to me with drinking. I don't have a filter when I drink. And, and not only do I, you know, a lot of people like to say that you tell the truth. I don't. I just lie. Like, I just say whatever comes to my mind without that filter, without that time of understanding what I actually feel. And so now when I have something heavy weighing on my mind, I actually prefer not to drink or remove that unless I'm in a safe, supportive environment where I don't think it will just come out wrong. And the problem is people don't really excuse those things. They'll be like, no, I heard that it is basically truth juice. So whatever you said is more what you feel. And now that you've taken time to think about it, you actually are less right than you were when you just blurted it out. Now, that's not the case for me. And I digress. For me, it is proof that we need to adapt to the different platforms we've been given. Do I believe everyone deserves a platform? No. Do I believe that giving everyone a platform puts us all back on the same level? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe we need to, you know, then reevaluate who we lift above us and who we keep lifting above because they can be heard more. And there's an algorithm in that, that we've all seen Social Dilemma by now, that um, we, don't have as, we don't have a lot of say in, maybe, maybe it does make you feel powerless, but there is an active position that you can take in it. And cutting it out entirely might actually not be to your benefit because you're cutting out good and bad and you're cutting out dialogue and you're cutting out discussions. And at what point... Has your algorithm become so convoluted that you can't trust anything that's being said? Um, so to bring back to why I compare it to the right to bear arms is because when that absolute was made, it was made based on a time where you had, you could cause less damage. And now that you have a quick form of causing damage and especially collateral damage, and now that uh, and experienced people have access to this, do I agree that the rights are the same? Um, 
I think there's a conversation that's worth being had there because I don't think that everyone should be given the same platform to speak. That's why we have experts. That's why we have people that can do the research and study. And it is it is a huge thing that we've seen now with how science is being spoken about, distributed um, by providing a level of transparency and people that have never done research in their life, not to that level, not to a thesis degree, not to a, to a high research and development degree, they don't understand how quickly your opinion um, can be wrong. If you don't have facts, if you don't have things to support it, I went into my thesis thinking I, thinking I was going to do it uh, from a very different perspective. I actually wrote a paper on... Um, this was a very hard thing to do. I wrote a paper on bullying in schools and how um, how the impact of words um, could be seen as, as more damaging than uh, physical abuse. And so I did a comparison to what the remain to to what lingers with you with physical abuse versus what lingers with you with with words and and and. Um, I was going to say lyrical abuse, I guess that's not the right word. Um, so verbal abuse, sorry, that's the word I'm going for. They don't sing about you. Um, but yeah, so I did that study. And unfortunately, because I was focusing on high schools, I had, I could prove the damage, but I couldn't offer a solution. And so that was a very hard thing to go into, which was to write a research paper have all the correct sources, all the correct information, and not be able to conclude with how to fix it. And the reason being was because um, it is a very difficult thing to solve when people believe that it still creates a backbone in you and that completely removing criticism doesn't create well one it's inevitable so if you don't get it when you're younger you'll get it when you're older the only so the not solution it's it's sort of a a form of bettering would be to make the access to each other in in with negative comments minimal and social media has gone the exact opposite way having a cell phone has gone the exact opposite way um, having access constantly to critique worldwide, the globalization of it has created not just more support, but more criticism. And it is a terrible time to be a person that is still in formation, that is still trying to figure out who they are, because more so than us, at a, a bit younger generations, they're being told who they are in a really abrupt, negative way. You know, I truly believe that if you are treated like something for long enough, you yourself will start to believe that you are that. And there is not, I can't even think of the strength it would take to push out of that. I've had to go through certain things. It has made me question how I presented myself you know even absurd things that my friends would be like why would you listen to that that doesn't even make sense and it's so hurtful and it's so mean 
but I can recognize accountability where it is and say, well, you know, maybe if I didn't do the podcast, maybe if I didn't discuss things, maybe I wouldn't open up those doors to people that thought they had the right to an opinion and a a malicious one. It's not a helpful opinion. You know, you get called dumb, you get called um, a slut, which is super interesting because all you're listening to is my voice. Um, You know, you get called multiple things and you, I now have private profiles and I have things like that just to stay a little bit away from it. But the, it is very difficult to maneuver a a world that is dependent on a marketing of yourself that and not be susceptible to what it has to say and you know that's why people create personas because they want to as best as they can separate from what might hit it's like a shield you know you're not you're not critiquing me you're critiquing what you see what you think But a lot of people are becoming closer and closer to what they're presenting. And that means that they're closer and closer to the pain. And so the the more authentic you want to be, the more it hurts. And every single artist can feel that. I can tell you that much. Because it is a heart and soul project. And when you hear critiques of it, it hurts in parts that shouldn't have. It's like you wrote it in your own blood. And so the message goes straight through you. Um, again, this is why I chose a podcast versus putting my writing out there. Because it's such a personal, I mean, ironically, because it's also my profession. But I've managed to separate my style and um, content personal preference and content so much from what I actually would feel connected to that I don't actually take it personally really at all I just want to learn from the best in what I do anyway it's not shocking that this went off on a tangent because that's what we do here and I really just want I want a lot of this to be about all of us being in this together and I don't mean that we all experience the same thing in the same way I think that need to walk a mile in each other's shoes really has to go out the window because you can't and that's okay like I I genuinely think that we need to understand that just because we can't uh, understand something deep within our core doesn't mean that we can't have empathy and that we can't listen and I think we can certainly find Um, strands of understanding in people that demonstrates that we are much closer to each other than we think we can't operate in silos like this even if we can we can respect differences without having to to agree with them honestly so a part of saying agreement actually does bother me because I don't think it's a matter I do think there's a deeper process you need to do if you think that you have the right to agree or disagree with the way someone conducts themselves if it's an identity trait if it's a if it's who they are and I think you can have conversations with people where you really do figure out how much of their titles and and who they are who they are who they where they are fitting in 
in their categories and and I think most things weren't more of a conversation than we think and it's in a surprising way it's it's in labels it's in words I love words but they are incredible because they are the same tools that can be used to correctly manipulate someone and the same tools that are being used to express yourself they are wild widely I was gonna say up for debate but words and meaning being up for debate would fantastically be one of my favorite things but it would be so subjective they are incredibly subjective they are some of them can be a matter of of who taught you that word or what tv show or how you identify honestly you could you could go through most words in a vocabulary especially adjectives that would explain something different to everyone it's crazy um, and the more you know that, the more I think it is important to understand that communication is, it's not, it's not just important to keep moving, but it is important if you want to understand each other. And the more words can be the better, but I think it's the more back and f- the more dialogue, the better, the more open to what does that word mean to you because to me it sounds offensive but maybe to you it's not seen but I mean at the same time you must know it is offensive and so there's all these discussions around where did you learn this word and do you not know that it is taken on a magnitude that is different from from what you now are putting it on me and this is the weight it's taken for me and I do think being able to have those really difficult conversations would really help a lot of people and yeah I don't know I'll always advocate for talking more (laughs) I guess Um, maybe that's why I do it anyway I love you all and please do not hesitate to reach out to me because I know this time is so difficult um, for all of us and those who say it isn't I'm so happy for you I really am and not in a I hope it isn't for everyone as much as it seems, but I have my suspicions. Anyway, big hugs. This is the time to be reaching out to people who want to listen. And I'm one of them, contrary to the title of this. Um, Love you all. Have a good one. Until we talk again.